What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. volume DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL is bringing you yes an offer that'll help you win money in the NFL playoffs new customers bet five bucks that's it five bucks that's it five dollars any game and get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets are you kidding me I bet five that's it Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It takes 90 seconds and put in Colin, C-O-L-I-N. Easy peasy. New customers, five bucks. That's all you have to bet. And get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on the DraftKings Sportsbook. The code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N. And the crown is yours. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. As you know, I'm not really one to keep looking down um, when I'm doing anything, when I'm speaking, definitely when I'm doing an intro. But this intro will take quite a while because it is quite the resume, and I'm not going to butcher it. I'm going to give it all the respect that it's due. So I am going to look down and read you this intro, or better yet, this list of accolades. Uh, bio, if you will. Um, 12-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA first team, five-time All-NBA second team, two-times All-NBA third team. For those of you that may be like me, uh, that is an 11-time All-NBA uh, All player, seven-time All-NBA first team defense, two-time second team All-NBA All-Defensive team, for those of you that's a little like me, that's nine all-defense teams. Five-time assist leader in the NBA, six-time steals leader in the NBA, rookie of the year, third all-time in assists, and third all-time in steals. Uh, I am joined today by none other than the point guy himself, Chris Paul. CP, what's up, my what brother? What up, Dre, man? Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to have you on the show. 
I must say, um, <clears throat> in looking at list of guests over the course of the three years of this show, <laughs> if we went back to the start of this show, to the inception, even if we went back a year ago, I'm not sure that I could have forecasted. Hell no. A guest <laughs> on this show being Chris Paul. No chance. <laughs> and yet, here we are, man. I am ecstatic. Um, like I said, I just want to say, number one, thank you. Man. Uh, for coming on this show. Anytime, for real, man. Crazy how life works. Absolutely. I mean, I could have, I could have never imagined that this was going to get here. And we're going to get into that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to get into that um, because that will, I think, get good. But in saying that, um, I just want to, I, I want to go back to the beginning, man. Take me back to Winston-Salem growing up as a kid. Um, and, you know, you look at who you became in the NBA in your path. I know going back, you always heard he's too small. He's this. He's that. Take me back to Winston-Salem growing up and just how it all started on the way here. Yeah. Uh, man, I grew up in, in Winston and... I played football and basketball, but uh, I just always had to grind. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like I had a, you know, my older brother, CJ, I grew up as a little brother, always running in behind him and his friends. And um, I don't know. I just, I mean, I had these goals or whatnot. My parents, like I always had to work, whatever it was, that was like a job or whatnot. But when it came to sports, um, I just always been extremely competitive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Whatever it is, if it's practice, if it's games, whatever it is. And so uh, my hometown shaped me and is is the way that is the reason why I am the way I am. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You <clears throat> in these interviews, I always come in and with like this template. Yeah. And then I hear you say something and I'm like, but I need to know more about that. And this is so interesting to me. I don't want to lose it, so I'm gonna ask it right now. You speak about being overly competitive in a sense, like just yeah. super competitive. And I call it overly competitive because the reality is what is overly competitive? Like you're willing to do whatever it takes to win. Right. Like that's overly competitive. Most people aren't like that. Right. And I'd like to think that I am a bit like that as well. <laughs> I've watched you. I've played against you um, yeah. for years uh, throughout my career for the last 12 of your, well, 11 of your career. Um, and that competitive spirit has always been there. I've always yeah. seen it. We've bumped heads. We, we've had our run-ins. We've had all of that. And the reality is, it's two overly competitive dudes clashing. No question. As you have continued to age in this league, you know, become more seasoned, uh, year 19, um, you're still super competitive, but you channel it in a totally different way. Like even the stuff that I would see you get into through the years, you know, whether it was me or anyone else, yeah. I always, I love watching basketball. We always talk about guys not watching no more. Yep. Like I always watch. And the things that you would get into with guys, you don't get into none of that stuff no more yet. You're probably as competitive as you've ever been. Like help me through that because that's also <laughs> something that, I, that I'm trying to figure out. You know, it's crazy, man. And, and you know it. I still get into some shit, <laughs> you know, but um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Um, the teams that I've been in on, you know, I, I've changed teams a number of times now, you know, and that's yeah. something that's, that's different. 
You know, every time you go to a new team, you basically have to start over. Absolutely. And uh, I really appreciated coaches who sort of challenged me. And you, you're not always going to be a saint. You're not always going to be right because you got to be who you are. Absolutely. You know, and I remember uh, Monty Williams, he used to always, he would tell me in book all the time, like, all right, now with the text. You know, and then yeah. he told me, he was like, we had a thing when I played in Phoenix that there was no fourth quarter text. Ah. Right? You couldn't get a couldn't get a tech in the fourth quarter. Um, that was like one of our team rules. Um, but you still gotta be who you are. And I found over my career, I mean, it's different guys that I mean, Jay Crowder, I got into got into it with him um a little bit when uh we played in the bubble, wasn't nothing crazy, but when I got an opportunity for him to be my teammate, I loved it. I loved it. It's been a number of guys like that who you know, you you sometimes you challenge guys. You be like, "Yo, what, what, what's up with it?" And the guy who tucked their tail, when the front office come tell you, you know, we can get this guy. What you gonna say? <laughs> you gonna hell? I nah. don't want that guy. Hell no. Nah. I used to tell Bob Myers, and I, I want you to finish that. But I used to always tell Bob. Bob would come ask me like, "What you think of this guy?" And I would simply say, "Bob, I like when he come on the court for the other team." Right. I don't want to play. Yeah. And see, I tell you, uh, J.J. Reddick was like that. So in college, me and J.J. couldn't stand each other. I mean, we got in a fight, got into it. And i never forget, I was in uh, standing in my closet in L.A. when Doc Rivers hit me and told me we had a chance to get J.J. Reddick. Mm. And when I say I ain't like J.J., I could not stand <laughs> J.J. And as soon as Doc said it, I said, let's get him. Because I know guys that are competitors, we got a lot of like. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We're alike in a lot of ways. And that's why, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, but when the trade happened for me to come to the Warriors and knowing our history, yeah. I knew, you know, that that would be a conversation, but I knew basketball-wise, he on the same type of energy I'm on. <laughs> you know what I mean? That and part. so, like you said, I, I'm a believer in that, you know, some people will say my competitiveness is the best thing about me and the worst thing about me, but at the end of the day is who I am. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and you just, at times you, you have to figure out ways to channel it. And that's why it's been dope with you because we talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where you need somebody who you respect on that competitive level to, to talk to you and challenge you with it. 100%. You know, and so I've had, a number of great teammates over my career who at times when I get a little crazy, they be like, all right, yo, chill, chill, mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> chill, you know, so. I think that's been a, a very interesting thing for me, especially um, navigating this season. Um, I was telling, I've, I've told several people this actually, is one of the things that you've helped me with a ton is how I speak. You know, I'll come in the, I'll come in the, the huddle and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Like, why are we switching this? Like, this don't make sense. We should have been stopped switching this. I've been saying, let's stop. And you're like, yo, 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 hold on. Like, <laughs> what are you saying? What do you see? What are you saying? I'm like, all right, well, they keep hitting us with this same play. We keep switching it. I don't understand why we're switching it. It's putting us at a disadvantage here. Then they're getting to this thing. And you're like, all right, so what do you think we should do? Yeah. I think we should guard it like this. I think we'll take it away. All right, y'all hear that. That's what we doing. We going to this. And I remember the first few times you did it. When you finished, I, I sat there and I felt stupid because I'm like, I just came in here yelling, screaming, like 
blurting out what I think should happen. And he just totally calmed me down and got the point across just like But that. you know why, though, Dre, and it's so crazy, man, is because I've almost needed a me, too, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. gang of my teammates will probably hear this and be like, what? Chris was doing what? Because I've usually always been the guy who's yelling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And still now, I'll, I'll do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But I think over the years, what I've tried to do is, you know, everybody always remembers. It's just like if you tell somebody how good they are a thousand times, if you tell them they bad one time, they don't remember that. Fact. Right? So Fact. people may have whatever perception of me or whatnot, but for my whole career, I'm the guy who I text my teammates at night after a game, good job, this, that, and the third. You know what I mean? Yep. Like always encouraging them, but people are always going to remember how you were sort of hard on them. But mm -hmm. that that is what it is. But like... David West, back when I played in New Orleans, I never forget, he came to me in one of my practices and he was like, hey, Peasy, you got to chill. You got to chill. You got to watch how you talking, Peasy. He, that's what he said yeah. to me. And I remember, and I was like, yeah, D, but I just want to win. You know, listen to what I'm saying, not how I'm saying it. And I still have times where I'm on 10, you know, yep. and sometimes it's necessary. But that's why I can appreciate somebody like you because... I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I ain't tripping at how you're saying it. You know what I mean? But being in the huddle with you, it's like, I need somebody else to care like this nigga care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which they do, you uh -huh. know what I mean? But it's a passion. And I think that's why, like I said, I, I love being your teammate. I appreciate it. No, I think, I, man, it's been incredible. And like I said, you come into these shows with this template, but then sometimes <laughs> these conversations just go. And man, I, I, I've also told several people this, and I would have never in a million years imagined it happening. If I, I, I have not sat down and done the exercise. <laughs> so um, I will one day do that. I just haven't. But if I put up a list of teammates and like I went down this list and it's been 12 years now for me and I went through this list of teammates, and like, all right, I start putting my list in order of my top teammates. I haven't done the exercise, but what I'm certain of is that you're top five <laughs> and like my list of top teammates. And it's been such an incredible, oddly enough, I've had the, the tumultuous year that I've had <laughs> um, as far as things have been going. Um, just this season and, and writing that shit, but the time that I have been with the team and, and my practices, you know, our practices and time spent together and games and all of those things, I'm like, yo, he represents everything that I could want in a teammate. Um, shit going wrong, first person to check on you. Uh, <clears throat> stuff went right, first person to <laughs> congratulate you. Um, yo, what you doing for dinner? Uh, what you doing with this thing? What you doing with that thing? Yo, uh, what do you see on the floor? I'm seeing this, you seeing that thing. Across the board. And I'm like, wow. That's, that's what I try to be for teammates. You know, like, I, I try to be all of those things for teammates. A guy got an MRI. Yo, how was your MRI? 
everything good with you. The moment you find out, you know, sometimes you don't find out those things yeah. right away. You look online like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. you had them ride. And so, <laughs> like, just all of those things and, and, like, checking all of those boxes. And I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I just want you to know that. <laughs> nah, like, <laughs> you know what it is, Dre? It's crazy. And, like, as long as we didn't compete against each other, right? Like, I told you, like, when this trade happened, you was a free agent or whatnot. And I'll never forget when they called me and said it was a possibility. Uh, and people wouldn't even notice except for my family. I told them, I said, well, I don't want to come if Draymond ain't signing back, <laughs> right? And that's why me and you always talk about it, like, uh, the social media world and all that. They don't never really know what's really happening. And so I didn't want to come to the Warriors without you being here. Absolutely. And so... Um, as much as we didn't fought and got into it and all that, I saw the way that you protected Steph, Clay, all them guys over this time, man. And it was like, damn, if we we can figure it out, you know, we can play and be on the same team, it's gonna be hell for the other teams, mm -hmm. you know. And Absolutely. so that that's what I've appreciated, man. And regardless of how the season been so far, that's where. The, the ups, the downs, the wins and losses, you they they come, but that's why we keep saying in our locker room, we we gonna be fine. Absolutely. We gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like, you know, you go through these things and you're trying to sort through the things, trying to figure it all out. And I think for me, the thing that I can always turn back to is like, but I got some guys that I wanna make this right for. You know, like regardless of what you may go through mentally. You know, for me mentally going through like, yo, I'm, I'm probably done. Like, I don't even know if I can really handle all of these things no more. You know, like, is this really what I want to be doing anymore? And going through and processing all of those emotions and feeling those feelings, I think for the, you know, like this is the, you know, and going through all the things that I've went through in my career, the ups, the downs, I feel like this is one of the first times I really just took a step back and allowed myself to feel it. You yeah, know, like, and it's and it's necessary, mm -hmm. and it's been dope to like be on that journey with you and the guys and all this stuff, man. But it's it's crazy for me to see because you know um, all the guys, the guys that are retired, the guys who came before us. It's it's a lot to bear, mm -hmm. you know. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. It's a lot thrown at us, not just. Uh, to be the best athlete, but life, Absolutely. you know what I mean? And so to to try to hold it all together for everybody is what we all try to do. Yeah. And that's why it's been dope to be able to lean on each other. You know 100%. what I'm saying? You, you going through what you going through, a lot of other people, but you still trying to be there for other guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Always. And so when you get on the other side of it, man, like we always talk about, you know, we smile, we laugh, and uh, everything going to be cool. No doubt, no doubt. And it, I think for me, it's looking at you. It's looking at Steph. It's looking at, you know, young guys, mm -hmm. Clay. And it's like, no, but I, I want to I wanna do it right. Get right and do it right for them. Like, mm -hmm. like I think that's probably always my mindset, you know? Like, I, I, I'm the kid that, you know, my mom would curse me out because I give everybody, like, I'll give somebody my last dollar. Right. Right, like. Why did you give him your last? I'm like, ma, he needed the dollar. I ain't need the dollar. She's like, no, but you don't give him your last dollar. And I'm like, ma, I'll go find another dollar. He needed that dollar. And and is and I mean, now that I'm a teammate and I can see it and 
played along, alongside you and I see your life, you do so much for everybody. And that's what was crazy is even me trying to find my way here with this team, you didn't got on me a few times, yelled on me at the right times where you like, see, don't lose yourself, don't lose yourself, <laughs> you know, but it's so crazy because I would, I would play against you guys and then you'd be coming with the basketball and I'd be like, oh, I ain't doing it. It's just so easy to make sure you find them, find mm -hmm. them and, and forget to, to, to look for your, yourself. And that's what's been cool for me when we start games out, knowing how we worked out and stuff. Yeah. Uh, this summer or whatnot, where you catch that ball, you ain't even thinking. <laughs> you, I love it though. You ain't even thinking about trying to hit somebody on a cut or something like that. And to see the joy of our team when you do that, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. so crazy. Like you think people go crazy for Steph and Clay threes when you shoot it, yeah. everybody go nuts. But I think everybody does that. And you probably don't even realize it's because of how selfless you've been and finding them for so long so that when guys see you doing it and they didn't see you put the work in, it, it make our team go crazy. Uh, 100%, man. That's been, uh, like you said, and me saying that to you, like I know the feeling, you know? And, bro, it's hard, man. You, like, you play basketball all these years. Like, you see things a certain way. And then all of a sudden, you catch it and you open for a shot and the motherfucker in the paint, <laughs> like, man, go ahead. Now you sitting there like, but damn, am I really supposed to be shooting this ball now? Because he's just standing way back yeah. there looking at me. It's wild. It's wild. It's just like um, like Denver like put Jokic on me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking like, what the hell going on? Like, so it's different. It's different, but that's that's all the different stages of 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 your career, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, <clears throat> what it, it it also I think is a nod to Steph. Because these teams, they, they try some of the darndest things. <laughs> yeah. And like like putting Jokic on you, like in theory, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. I think for us, and you know, I think it's something that at some point we'll figure it out when it's time to figure it out. But it's like, it's almost like a boxing one. Like a team throw a boxing one at you and you're just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't even know what to do against this. I haven't seen much of this. It just kind of throw off your rhythm it's a little weird. bit. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I told Steve that. I said, we got to practice that or something a little bit because, yeah, I ain't never seen this. You know, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. if he guard me, with all due respect, give me the ball and just get out the way. <laughs> out the way. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. I think um, I, was, I was having a conversation with Coach Izzo the other day. Um, and he was and he was saying to me, he was talking about guys in the league that are really big time scorers and how hard it is for them to also focus on getting other guys involved. Mm. And he was asking me, he was like, Draymond, it, it just seems so hard. Like, like I, just to see guys do that and, and like help me understand like who the the guys are can do that. And I'm just like, coach. If you want my honest opinion, who can do that at like in a level like no one else in this league? And it actually impacts winning. And, you know, it everyone can rally around it. I said there's two guys that that currently do it. One guy who does it all the time, one guy who still does it sometimes. I said, but there was one guy in particular who doesn't fit the mode. And, and so now I'll walk you through it. 
I said, they're two guys. They're both 6'8". They're point guards. They're once in a lifetime. Luka? Yeah. And LeBron? Yeah. I said, and so soon now, who you can also put in there, and we've seen them do it, and it looked like it was going the other way, and it's back. The old James Harden. Yeah. Who yeah. also do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I was talking specifically, I'm talking about Luka and LeBron. I said, Coach, that's one of the reasons you've never seen smaller point guards win a championship and like lead teams a championship with the exception of a couple guys, Steph and Isaiah. I said, but I'm going to give you one guy, Coach, that did it at the highest of highs. And, and here's the question I want to ask you with that. I said, Chris Paul was one that scored it, got everybody in position, got assists, ran the team, did the leading. He was the one guy to do it. And at his stature, you have to wonder, is that too much? And looking back on your career, you suffered injuries in some of the darndest times. Yeah. Uh, times where you're on your way to an NBA championship. Do you think in looking back over your career, the load that you had to carry and getting everybody involved, the leadership, all the things, do you think that sometimes overballed you down in the long run? Man, that's a good question. Um, honestly, I don't. You know what I mean? I think just it was some crazy injuries and whatnot, and I don't think that the load was too high as far as, you know, that was just how we played. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that was always different and actually played a role in why I ended up leaving uh, the, the Clippers was, yeah, the ball was in my hands a lot, but all them years I was, you know, making plays and all this stuff, and I defended. At a fucking high level. You know what I mean? And so that that was, but at that, at that age, I didn't even think twice about it, mm -hmm. right? Like I always talk about when I came into the league, it was just different. It was... Who we playing tonight? Okay, I got Steve Nash. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got Steph. All right, then I got Russ. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I got Gilbert Arenas, AI, whoever Dan it is. Williams. D. Will, yep. yeah. And it's just, I didn't know anything else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that was also a way of competing, right? Like, I think a lot of times, especially young kids now, just think competing is how many points and assists I drop on him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But for mm -hmm. me, it was also the defensive aspect to it. So, yeah, it was it was tough or whatnot. And I know they always say a small guy can't lead a guy to a championship, team to a championship. And that's also what almost made me mad about, you know, losing at them times because I ain't never been one that go with what everybody say. Yeah. You know, but it's it's definitely tough. And the game has changed a lot, but that's... You know, Luca and and Braun and them, they 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 special because even though they have those big number games, they play the game the right way. Yes. You know what yep. I mean? They they hit a guy when they open, mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's big. Absolutely. <clears throat> Speaking of playing defense, um told Trav one day, I said, Man, I remember the first time we put Clay on CP. And I remember him walking past the bench and saying, God damn, y'all gonna put somebody six seven on me now? That's what we doing now? I remember the first time you walked to the bench and said that. But the NBA started changing with that. Like, yeah. everybody started doing that. All of a sudden, you looking up now, 
you got six seven guy on, you got a six nine guy on. You look at like Jaden, like uh Jay, I get their names confused. I think it's Jaden McDaniels Dan, in Minnesota. The one in Minnesota, like, yeah. Dude, legit six nine chasing no question. point guards. Around. No question. Like, Every time. And and he keep up, he lay, he got lay. Like the league started changing with that. How, what type of adjustment did you feel you had to make? Because you still start getting your midi, like you yeah. still getting your same things. You still getting getting right whenever you wanted to get right. But what challenges did that present when the league started doing it? Um, it really wasn't that big of a change for me because I didn't play it out of the ball screen my whole career, and mm -hmm. what those guys had in height, I had over them in quickness. Yeah, you know what I mean. I yeah. think some of the guys that. Uh, and it's crazy to play this long because it's guys that I appreciated, like, guarding me, right? Like Tony Allen. Yes. I remember when Tony Allen retired or we played them in a playoff series or something. I texted TA, like, after the game or something. Just, like, I appreciate the competition. Absolutely. You know, and so um, it's crazy, man. I used to be on that type time all the time where it was I'm about to play against like another primetime guard and mm -hmm. I walk out onto the court and the other team put like a a wing on me or something like that. I, I used to say that. I used to say it to the coach. I used to be like, oh, that's what y'all on? Y'all got a point guard coming into the league and you don't want to throw him to the fire, huh? Mm -hmm. Like I was just on that type of energy, you know, and I is what it is, but I mean, I just felt like people was ducking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I know, like you said, like, the league was changing because they trying to figure out, you know, ways to slow you down or whatnot. But regardless, my coaches would tell you at that time, you know, if you wrote up on the board or something like that, that Matt Barnes was going to guard such and such, I would stop the meeting. Mm -hmm. No, 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 coach. Nope, nope. I got, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's just how I was brought up in the league. Now, though. Yeah, uh, JK, one of y'all can run around. <laughs> JK, you got him. Wiggs, you got him. You got him. You go ahead and run around with him, whatever. But back then, it was just... Them coaches know they was trifling, too. You're supposed to. They're a rook. Yeah. Throw them out here. Teach, yeah. them, teach them how to play defense. That's where the league was different back in the day. Dude, hand you 35, 40 or yeah. whatnot. Who cares? You, you'll be better the next time. Mm-hmm. That was the welcome to the NBA moments everybody always talk about. They was different then. Yeah. You look at guys' welcome to the NBA moment now, and you're like, man, what? Our welcome to the NBA moment was like, yo, bro gave me 50. Like, yeah. like I remember KD giving me 51. Yeah. Like, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, but that just breeds some competitiveness in you, mm -hmm. like some type of competition in you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But no, that's fact. Um. And then speaking of defense, I, I have to ask this. So again, I'm I'm gonna repeat nine times all defense, seven first team, which I must say I'm pissed off uh, because I'm on his tail now. <laughs> Matt eight, although I ain't got as many first teams. I'm at eight, hey. and I'm a miss this year. I just can't hey, make listen. it with the number. Of games this what year. was so funny is uh, he was hurt. You missed the first two games, yep. right? And I remember he, he came in the locker room was like, all right now. I'm on y'all ass. <laughs> I'm on y'all. I gave y'all a couple game head start. Hey. I gave y'all a couple head start. You know right. what I'm saying? But you you already know what it is. No, for sure. And I, I have a specific question. Uh, so I'm going to repeat again. Nine times. All defense. Seven first team. That's impressive, man. When Patrick Beverly said 
Chris Paul is a chair. Mm-hmm. Nine times all defensive team, seven first team. When he went on ESPN and said, we all know Chris Paul a chair. A. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. What was your first thought? <laughs> We've all had a frustrating experience buying tickets, even me. You all know I love to go to concerts, shows, and it can be hard to find last-minute tickets. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater shows near you. I'm looking through the Game Time app right now, and it's really easy to find tickets at different price points. I know it isn't cheap, to see the Dubs play anymore, but we got some fun matchups coming up versus the Lakers, the Mavericks, and more. 
Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They have all-in pricing, so you know exactly how much you're going to pay. Plus, the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code word GREEN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and use the code word GREEN, G-R-E-E-N, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And B, what... Like, did you think about saying something about it? Did you think about it? Did you not see it? I know you don't look at a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but sometimes this stuff just make it to you because they're going group chats, all, right. all the other it made things. It. it made it to me. Like, walk me through that time. Uh, you know, like, I'm first and foremost, I was, you know, a pair of lips to say anything. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, and I get it. Um... I done had many a times in my career where somebody done said this or said that, you know what I mean? And I know people looking for sound bites and all this, but I, the work speaks for itself. Damn right. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you, you, you hell, boy. No, you mean, hell, because you know, know. I'm be saying that. I, I just want to know, you know. I, I mean, I, I still compete on defense, you know what I'm saying? Every every night as best as I'm probably not the defender I was some some years ago, you know what I mean? But uh yeah, I nine times. <laughs> it's uh, sound bites. <laughs> no, nah, man, I, I, I just wanted to know. You know, I never really hear you speak on anything. Um and when I saw that initially, um so my first thought when I saw that, I'll give you the way my mind was working because at that time, I mean, I'm still like doing the podcast and TV stuff and I really love it. Yeah. And and so when I watch these things, I'm also watching as a student, you know what I'm saying, to better myself. Yeah. And I'd be very critical of people. I think Pat is really good. When he did that, I was like, whoa. Ah. I was like, damn. Like, is so hot. And I'm like, I, if you actually really listen to Pat talk, he say some good shit. But I was like, ah, because when I saw that, I'm like, like, don't, don't become the hot take guy. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like you don't want to come in so like he, I feel like that was like one of the first days he came on ESPN and, and I was like, whoa, like you don't, like, don't become the hot take guy because I think Pat is really good. And when I saw that, it's just like, ah. Yeah, you know, everybody has their opinion. And in the world that we in now, you know, is people going to say something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, at all times. And uh, I'm human just like anybody. You know, and I think that's the thing that I've always tried to do is no matter how I feel or anything like that, even though... I mean, man, you talk about it. A lot of times I know the real with a lot of situations mm-hmm. and how it go down is that you got to give it that 24 hours yeah. or that 48 hours or whatnot. That's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. That's the hardest thing to do. And, you know, when you you let something go or whatnot, like I'm I'm not a guy who when something happened, I run to my phone, you know what I'm saying, and, mm-hmm. and post this or post that or whatnot. You just, you you, you stand on the work. 100%. I, I still remember a conversation I had with you way back in the day. We was on the phone. He's like, man, I ain't going to celebrate when I score. I put the work in. I know oh, how yeah, good yeah, I am. Yeah. 
I don't need Man, to celebrate. That ain't what I need to do. That's crazy. <laughs> I remember I said that because I've always said I ain't like a guy that talk junk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you see now, like, I ain't I ain't really on that unless you on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. always said I never say nothing first. Yeah. You know, but in competition, I'm I'm here because if somebody say something, I ain't going to know when to stop. Yeah. And we going to go wherever it got to go. That's how I used to be with me and you. <laughs> yeah, That's absolutely. how I used to be. But it's... It's crazy, man. It's that it's that competition. And when I'm playing in the game, like when I score, I go from offense to defense so fast. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you even see it with a team. Yeah. Like guys got celebrated. Oh man, we gotta get get back. Yeah. They coming to try to score on us. You know what I mean? So I think, you know what I mean, in that Pat Bell situation, that's what was probably crazy in that situation in that game is after I hit that shot and the timeout happened and I was walking to the bench. Everybody, of course, after the game was like, man, what you say to him? Man, what you say, what, what did you say to him? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I ain't say nothing. And I think that's probably the part that's that's the worst, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that somebody would probably rather you say something to him. But mm-hmm. I remember going into that game, I was just like, man, I ain't on none of that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just, let's win the game. Yeah. Win the game. Yeah, this ain't got nothing to do with me and him. Yeah, let's win the game. <laughs> Nah, for sure. I, I I definitely thought he said. I mean, thought you said something. I ain't say nothing. <laughs> nothing. One of the things that I want to better myself at, you know, I I publicly said like, you know, you look at some things, you like, I don't like that about myself. And so for me, I think you mentioned earlier, you was like your competitiveness is like essentially your gift and your curse. Mm-hmm. I think that for me too. But when I look at things and I say, hmm, what can I change or what would I, if I could improve one thing by myself or something that I don't necessarily love about myself, it's actually one thing that I don't necessarily love it about myself, but I wouldn't trade it because it actually makes me who I am. But it gets rough sometimes. Right. And so I, I say this to you um, because you just really said, like, I'm, I'm not going to run and say nothing. One thing that I dislike about myself it's kind of a love hate thing is is I have to say something like 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 and that's something that that I'm actually working on but like I gotta say it like I, I need to say it like I need to get it out at times I struggle where I'd hold things in because I need to say it so bad and I just hold it in and bite my tongue and then it come out the absolute wrong way. <laughs> like you know you look at some of the situations I've had, some of them, KD situation, for instance. Like, I had actually been trying to work through that thing with people, like trying to work through it. And I'm just biting my tongue, biting my tongue. You're like, hold this thing and you hold that thing and you bite your tongue, you bite your tongue. But I have to get things out. And then it's just like, bah! And it, and it come <laughs> out, I'm like, fuck. Like, that wasn't supposed to come out that way. Right. But I have to say things. I don't love that about myself. What is something about you that you don't love about you? Um, probably the same thing you just said. You know what I mean? Now I'm I'm gonna say it. Now I'm probably not gonna say it just like ah, like right then and there, <laughs> but I'm I'm very like, you know, like if it's some type of issue or anything like that with a person or with a team or whatnot, I'm gonna have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? It's not always the best thing, but it it's what I have to do to feel to feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so 
that's something. Um, like it's crazy, man. I I really try to be cool off the the officials. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for real. And like sometimes I watch games back and I be like, oh, I could chill there. But it's just it's crazy when you know the game in a certain way and all this stuff. That that's that's one thing. But yeah, is like over communicating. And I know some people say, dang, that's too much. You're talking too much. You're talking too much. But it just take all the guesswork out. Yeah. And I think for me, um, that's that's what I battle with is I I try to pick my spots when I'm gonna say something and when I'm not. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Like what you're saying is is right. Like you bottle that stuff up, it it's gonna get crazy when you finally do say something. Mm -hmm. You know, but I'm I'm the same way, but I feel like I'll go nuts. I'm about to go nuts. Something be going on during the season or whatnot, and I'm I can't be my authentic self unless I let you know that there is maybe this little friction or this issue here that we we need to get through. As I said before, you you you're not someone who sits on social media. I know that in being your teammate and spending time around you. You're not someone who watch talk shows. Um, but like I said, I do know you're someone who's in a couple group chats, one specifically that you always talk about your boys. Yes. And your brother. Probably, absolutely. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I know my homies, when some shit said, they sending it to me like, hey, what's up with bruh? Quick, fast, like, and in a hurry. So I um, was in an interview, if I'm not mistaken, I was in an interview with Taylor Rooks, um, who's a Great friend. She's incredible. I think Taylor Rooks, by the way, just shout out to Taylor, is the best in the business. She's incredible. What she does, and I watch, like, again, I take this stuff very serious. Yeah. I watch film on her. Yeah. Like, her follow-up questions are like Oprah. Like, she crazy. Taylor is really good, and she keeps it laid back and fun to where mm -hmm. guys are comfortable, too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I, I watch her. And if I'm not mistaken, in an interview with her, she was asking me about people that I don't like in the NBA. <laughs> And I said, I hate Chris Paul. Easily 100% my least favorite person in the NBA. Um, I want to I wanna walk through these things because, again, we, we keep, like, I mean every word I've said. Yeah. But, man, there's a journey to get through there, to, to get to that. And you get something sent to your phone, I'm saying something like that. Uh, number one. Talk to me. Like, how, how, how you, what, what were you thinking of what was being said, goddammit, in that group <laughs> chat when that came out? So first and foremost, just like anybody, just like Trav, anybody, every, all of my homies going to know who I don't rock with. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so yeah. I don't know which time that was, first and foremost, because <laughs> you just said it a few times, <laughs> if we're going to keep it funky. So for me, I'm going to tell you, and it's crazy because, I mean, I could name a few guys who then had that with me in my, mm -hmm. my career. You know what I'm saying? And everybody who know me know, like, and you know this, Dre, I always say this. When anybody say something, I say, I be everywhere. Yeah. I say this all the time. I say, mm -hmm. I be everywhere. And I say, when these people see me, they don't be on that type time. Mm -hmm. And I know it's respect thing and all this. And then, hell, we showed up at Braun House for the card game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, all this different type stuff. So... When that come across like a group chat or one of the homies or something like that, uh, you know, niggas be like, man, how is he, how are you even on this rank? I'd be like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Real talk. And so it's crazy. 
of course, all my homies, they, you know, say this and say that. But me, I don't, I don't know. I think it's that we differ, like people differ. And I always said, like, if somebody asked me that, I may say something else around it or whatnot, but it wasn't, it wasn't ever that deep for me. I knew how I felt, you know what I'm saying? But if somebody asked me, I wasn't going to say this and say that, but it was for me, like I said, I'm president of the union for eight years. Yeah, it's been yeah. a few guys in this league who would go out here and say something about me. And then what, what I always say, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm at the meetings. I'd have had guys who would talk crazy about me on a, on a podcast or a show. And then they come up to me before a game and be like, hey, yo, see, what we going to do as far as the union stuff is we going to play? And I'd be looking like, didn't you just say? You know what I mean? But I think, I mean, man, you done talked a lot about all this stuff. It was like when I got traded. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I got traded, first thing, you know, I did is I hit you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Knowing all the different dynamics or whatever it was, sent you a text. I was like, yo, excited to be your teammate. Yep. And we we talked it out. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I absolutely and I feel like I've always been able to to stand on that. Regardless mm -hmm. what anybody say, this, that, and the third is that at the end of the day, if you know who you are, mm -hmm. then you get past it. Now, interesting enough, man, you know, obviously Book's a teammate of yours. Book, your man, is still great relationship. I've known Book since was in high school, like maybe 15, 16 years old or something like that. And so I've always had a great relationship with Book. I got, I mean, I love Book. Like, that's my dog. We playing the Olympics in 2021. And I'm like, Book, I hate him. Mm -hmm. Like, Book, I, and he, Book, like, and Book a real one. Mm -hmm. I love Book, man. He a real one. Book said, I feel you, Dre. I don't know if he really feel that strong about it, Dre. I don't know. <laughs> he don't talk about it like that. <laughs> right. I said, I know he probably don't talk about it, Book. I fucking hate CP, <laughs> man. And he like, yeah, Dre, he don't really, he don't, he don't be on it like that. Like, he, he, he like, yeah, he, he definitely don't fuck with you, but he don't be on it like that, Dre. Like, come on, Dre. I'm like, nah, Book, you don't understand. And again, that goes back to, um, I got to say it, but also immaturity. You know, even in like, when I look back and I, and I speak, and you know, I think about things that I've done, like there are some things that break the internet that I wish I could take back like that. You know what I'm saying? Like people, people really value themselves on, can I move people this way? Can I get people to say this? What they gonna think? And there's actually things that I've said throughout my course of these years that broke the internet, that people love, that people are like, oh yeah. And I, and I wish I could take it back right away. And, and I think for me, it's also like the immaturity. You're, you're six years older than me. You know, like been through a lot more than me, been doing this a lot longer than me. And then obviously there's the difference in personalities as well, but a lot of immaturity involved in my But I, I was on that type time too, though. Like, it's crazy. And I don't, I don't even really be thinking about it. I don't even be realizing that I'm six years older than you because when I'm in it, I'm in it, right? Mm -hmm. And so Book, that's, that's like my brother for real. You know what I'm saying? And so me and Book spent a lot of time together, still do. And, you know, it's crazy. Book would tell me about guys that he was around, you know what I'm saying, that was saying little stuff. And I'd be like, dang, that person don't act like that when they're around me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so that's always been, been interesting for me. But I'll tell you this. I remember it was a game we was playing in L.A. 
you wasn't playing. Yeah. You was behind the bench. Yeah. You was behind the bench. I don't know what year it was, but something happened or whatever during the game. You stood up, said something, I said something, and that was just, that's the type of time it was. Yeah. That was the lead. It wasn't like social media like that. People wasn't putting it all over the internet or whatnot, mm -hmm. but it was just, it was a, a competition thing, man. And for me, that stuff can escalate. And I always been, uh, I always say this, I'm on whatever they on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's that's just always the energy I didn't have since I came into the league, man. And like you say, immaturity, I had it. I still got it at times too. I ain't no saint by no means, but mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a process and you start appreciating different players in this league. You appreciate even being able to play at a high level and all that. But I told you, out of all the guys that, I told Steve this, I feel like I told the team that, out of all the guys that I didn't really had like beefs with mm -hmm. over my career, uh, you know, that I could care less if I talked to them or whatever, I said, I'm glad I got an opportunity to be teammates with you. Mm -hmm. Straight up, man. I, and I mean that when I say it because, you know, you get a chance to see for real, you know, why y'all was winning championships, you know, the competitiveness, all that, man. So, and I, I mean that, you know what I mean? I'm glad we get a chance to be on the same team. 100%, man. Like I said, as you know, um, I feel the same way. And I think, man, it's funny. It's funny, see, I have a friend in London. We 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 were, I mean, he's he lives in London. We were in Paris this summer and we had a great wine dinner and I was sitting next to him. His name's Virgil. And Virgil asked me, see, I kid you not, this is God works in mysterious way. Virgil asked me, sitting at the wine dinner, who's your least favorite player in the NBA? Who could you not see yourself playing? I said, there's zero fucking chance I'm ever playing with Chris Paul. That's it's crazy. not happening. I don't, I, it cannot happen, Virgil. He's like, I knew you'd say that. He's a fan of them. He's like, I yeah. knew you'd say that. Literally, see, from that dinner, two days later, I'm flying back from Paris. I get a call from Mike Dunleavy, and I'm taking off. And I'm like, Mike, I'm going to hit you when I land. I'm flying. <laughs> he like, all right. Hit me when you land. I'm like, but I'm flying back from Paris. It's 10 it's hours. It's going to be a long flight. He's like, all right, well, it's a little urgent. Kind of need to know. It's like, we got, we got, we got, actually, we got a chance to, you know, bring in Chris Paul. And I was like, listen, Chris Paul is a competitor. Chris Paul is an adult. Chris Paul want to win. Chris Paul played the basketball the right way. We can figure it out. I said, we can figure it out. All the other stuff, we ain't been the best of friends, Mike. Right. I said, but we can figure it out. And, and for me, man, it's like you go through these seasons in your life, as you know, and it's like God placed you here at the right time. Yep. Because I'm not sure if in year nine, in year eight, if I was even mature enough to handle it, right? Like, no. if I was mature enough to even have the conversation with you, like, when you text me, I hit you back. And we were supposed to talk, and you call, you call, and I'm like, I couldn't even talk to you, right? Like, I was like, damn, CP gonna be our teammate, and like, they're making this move, cool. But then I'm like, fuck, like, what do I say? I don't know what to say, I don't know what to think, like, what do I do? And, and then we went to lunch, and I said to you, I said, man, I appreciate you letting me go through my process, because 
I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to make of it. I did know, like, yo, if he my teammate, we're going to make it work, and we're going right. to fuck some people up, Mike. I tell you that. <laughs> but, like, there was a process that I had to go through, and you look at, like, going through these seasons of life and what you can handle. It's like, I don't know if you'll ever even meet Virgil. Maybe you will, but for me to be sitting there randomly having a conversation with Virgil at a wine dinner, and the next day, you my teammate? That is, that is crazy, man. And and even think about that lunch that we had. And you know, you know my wife Jada, mm -hmm. and it's funny, man. Like I remember because we went to the Bel Air Hotel, mm -hmm. and uh, she was almost giving me a pep talk before I left the house. <laughs> she was like, "All right, now, be cool, be good, you, you good, you good." She's doing all that, and. Um, it's so crazy, man, to know so many mutual people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think about Shayla and all these people who like, man, y'all need to talk. Y'all yeah. need to talk. Yeah. And we went to lunch there. We ended up being there for hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hours, man. And I tell you, and that's where like just maturity, adults or whatnot, being able to sit and talk and to actually listen to each other. You know what I mean? And know that you both in a place where you like, dang, you know, even though we we ain't got along for a long time, like at this point in my career, I need, I need him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not just basketball wise. It's been, it's been really cool. Like just the locker room, mm -hmm. you know, and like we talk mm -hmm. about year 12, 13, nah, this this ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't this ain't gonna work. But mm -hmm. uh everything happens for a reason. 100% man. Like you said, Shayla. There were multiple people telling me, like, y'all should talk. Y'all will figure it yeah, out, I think. Shayla was definitely one of the main ones. So thank you, Shayla. We appreciate you. Um, <clears throat> switching gears. You mentioned uh, Players Association president. Um, talk to me about that. Because number one, I feel like you, you took that thing with the Players Association president, and I feel like you actually made that a thing, like, you know, I've been in the league. I think D. Fish was the president when I first came in the league. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was cool, but it wasn't – and maybe I could have just been young and didn't understand it, but it just wasn't, like, revered. Like, the job right. wasn't revered. It wasn't, like, a real thing. It was, it was a like, chore. Oh, yeah. It was a chore. And it's like you took that thing and made it, like, a position, like like it actually matters. Talk to me about just being the player's yeah. association president and how course, you went about that. First and foremost, I wouldn't say me. i say us, like that that executive committee and all of us. But, um, man, I, I joined the EC my third year in the league when Billy Hunter was uh, – the executive director. And I'll never forget Billy. It came to me and he was like, hey, Chris, we need you to be on the um, executive committee. And I'm year three. That's the year I thought I was going to win MVP and I'm hooping and all this. I'm like, man, I'm trying to set up my own business. Ain't nobody got time for this. Mm -hmm. And that's back when they used to come in there and they come to the union meeting and they'd be like, who's going to be the team rep? And what yes. the vets used to say. <laughs> the young the fellas. Young fellas <laughs> you got to do it. You got to do it. Because it was like a chore. And so now you see guys stepping up and they want to be a part of it. Uh, I'm so grateful for that. And I think I took a lot of pride in it because um, it was some tough years. We went through a process where we didn't have an executive director and had to go through the interview process. I remember playing in Miami, uh, had a game that night, had to get up at 5 a.m. to do some interviews. And we ultimately got uh, Michelle Roberts in. You know, we built the Players Association office now, the court, mm -hmm. you know, and just to see players now 
hell, this. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. All the stuff the players do now, uh, and we still got a ways to go to continue to get guys to do things together mm -hmm. and realize the power that we have as players, as the collective. Yes. Right? Because when we first came into the league, and, and rest in peace to David, you know, Stern, it was a, y'all do this, do that, do that. You yes. know, it wasn't a partnership. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. As much as guys would have liked. But now the conversations that we have with Adam and all this stuff is is totally different. Mm -hmm. You know, because the way you get people to buy into something is you got to make them feel like they're a part of it. Yeah. So when you think of the in-season tournament, when you think of the play-in tournament and all this stuff, like that's where our league differs from all these other leagues. And that was probably the craziest part in being the president of the union for those years is I was getting calls from the players from the NFL, from Major League Baseball, from soccer, from all this, saying, yo, how y'all do that? Like, what? Like, we don't talk to, you know, our commissioners and stuff. We don't. And so um, it's, it's dope to see, you know, how our league is basically leading the way. And, and stepping down from that role, you still get a lot of calls. I'm, you know, <laughs> I spend a lot of time. You're still yeah. on a lot of calls about the Players Association. You get calls from people like, yo, I'm not the president anymore. <laughs> like, CJ's the president. Um, what has it been like in you stepping down from that role? But again, I think that is also a testament to the work you did and what you made the position mean. Yeah. That you're still getting those calls as if you're the directors. I mean, as, as if you're um, the president still. You know what it is, is um, even before CJ got nominated, I would talk to CJ a lot about things, but we got a little group of guys uh, with Kyle Lowry, Dwight Powell, CJ, um, and us. We've been doing calls now every couple of weeks since uh, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very important because we're very open with Adam and other people on the call about the things that's going on in the league. Mm -hmm. And what's dope about it is that it's not just all my views. Yes. You know, it's CJ's view. Kyle, it's, we talked to our teammates to figure out, like, when we was in Phoenix and you were saying how you might change the in-season tournament games yes. a little bit, I love getting that feedback. That's the funnest part about it. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I was the president, it's a little different because I'm getting out of practice and I'm getting calls from the office about what's going on in New York. And I'm like, man, I got a game tonight. I can't. <laughs> now, now, I mean, I get an opportunity to basically put myself in the places that I feel like I can be most effective, yes. right? And try to get that time with my family because it's a, it's a full-time job. Uh. It is a full-time job and uh, definitely didn't take it lightly. And uh, it was an honor and a privilege to do it. And I'm going to tell you, man, Dre, is a lot of guys probably would never say it, but it was a lot of, guys, it was a lot of hate and stuff that came from that. Mm. What? Boy, you should have seen the way people was hitting my phone when uh, we was trying to figure out if we was going to do the bubble or not. Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. You yes. had a gang of guys saying, no, we shouldn't be going. Then you had guys saying, yeah, we should be going. Uh -huh. And so, yeah, it, we got a lot of stories. <laughs> a lot of stories. But that that union stuff was, uh, was a great time. And speaking of the union, I have something that bothers me, or I wouldn't necessarily say that bothers me, because bothered me would be like, oh, it moves me. It, but it's something that I look at and I'm just like, hmm. And 
the 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 director, the executive director of the Players Association Unit, direct counterpart or direct person that they're working with. Because I think that's one of the things that you changed is where if it was like you had the NBA Players Union and then you had the, the NBA. They, they were right. synonymous in anyway. Right, right. And I think that's one of the things that you changed in where the executive director now works with Adam. You know, right. and they work to put, like, yes, Adam runs the league. He's the commissioner. We all know that. But they work together to make these things work. And there's a, there's a, a respect, you know, on the work level amongst them that allows us to continue to build this league and push it forward. Right. I don't know Adam's salary. Um, the executive director's salary is nowhere near that. Will the players ever get to a space of where we raise the amount of money that the executive director makes? Because due to the salary, it's always going to lessen the pool of, of people that you can get in that space. Um, if the salary is what it is, do you think the players can ever see that to understand that this is, and you did it right. But again, you're also handcuffed by players too. Like ultimately you, you run these things and you put these things in space and then guys vote on it. Do you think the players will ever understand that this is a business and the person in charge of this business is in charge of 50% of $10 billion per year, uh, a BRI, whatever it is. I'm not sure what the exact number is today. Right. But just call it 50%. That person is in charge of 50% of $10 billion. Do you think us as players or, you know, uh, you, you'll retire someday and I'll retire shortly after, but do you think the players will ever reach a space where they say that position and needs to be viewed different, the, the salary needs to be raised? Because also based on that salary is how that person is going to be viewed going into the negotiation table. Yeah, but and this is this is what I would say to that cuz you definitely have a point there, but I would say and I would challenge you and anybody else to come into those some of those meetings and have that discussion. And this is why because there's so much that goes into the salaries of everybody and even I mean, I remember the meeting when we and I'm sure you know this, we're the only professional sports league that uh, has insurance for retired players. Yes. Right? Yes. And I remember that amazing. meeting. And I remember that meeting and how sort of hard it was or whatnot to have all the guys actually understand what's going on because in order to do that, that means that that money is coming from the players. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So once guys really start to understand that and understand like where the money's coming from, where it's going, how it's being, you know, sort of filtered out as far as the union and all this stuff. I think, you know, it's it's definitely a conversation that that can be had, you know. But I think the other thing that a lot of people would be surprised is to see the pool of names who are in these uh, these interviews. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, obviously, there's a confidentiality aspect to it, but I can say this, it blew my mind to see the names that were trying to be the executive director. You know what I mean? Given the salary mm -hmm. that it is now. And it's because, 
and this is a credit to our league and the players, is that you got 450 of the most recognizable faces in the world. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's people who are CEOs of big companies and all that stuff like that who are still putting their name in that hat to try and have this job and this role. So, um, yeah, I think as everything continues to grow, and I think the union, like, we still are... Like in a in a phase where we're still building. Yeah. You know absolutely. What I mean, like think think 450 mm-hmm. isn't that many years old, you know, but that's where the business, like we didn't talk about it before, what the licensing check used to be. Yes. And what the licensing check is now. <laughs> totally different. You know what I mean? So I think it's gonna continue to uh take some time, but continue to build, you know, like this basically all-star team of people, mm-hmm. you know, because you have a time when the CBA stuff where you may need a lawyer. Yeah. But during all the other time, you need a business person to make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, all the T's are being crossed and all the I's are being dotted. Yeah. But it's important. And like I said, you need to get your ass in there and tell everybody what you're thinking. Like for real, because yeah. that's that's probably been the coolest part of me being a part of the union is seeing how many smart guys we got and all the great ideas. Yeah. I think for me also, again, goes back to immaturity. I know you remember there was a time where I was trying to be on the executive yeah. board. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I know I'm suited for this. I know I'll fight like for players. But another thing, and I'll tell you, Melo, who also had your brother, my yeah. brother, who also uh, had the opportunity to play in the Olympics with, um, man, I came to the meeting in Toronto and I'm like, I'm going to get on the executive committee. And it was me and Melo who was the last two people. And Melo got, and I'm like, Melo don't even want to <laughs> fucking be on this board. I know Melo. Melo don't want nothing to do with this. Hey. Y'all voting for Melo because he's, <laughs> he's called Melo Anthony. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, man, like, I'm done with this. And the reality is, I was in my filler. I didn't even realize that happened, but that I, I get it because that's what a lot of people do not realize is that this is the NBA, but it is still like a high school election. Absolutely. And, it, and it's face to face. Yes. So you find out on that day in front of your peers that you weren't voted in or something like that. So I, I definitely get it. I, I know a couple other players who that sort of happened to and is... <laughs> It's crazy, man, because like I said, I can still remember the day that I ran for president. Like somebody nominates you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like somebody yeah. nominates you. Yeah. And I wasn't even sure about running for president. And I know Roger, Roger Mason had <laughs> ran too. And I don't know who else did. But yeah, that that's enough. Like I get what you're saying. But even, and it's hard to say because you are who you are or whatnot. But even if you're not on the EC, on mm-hmm. the executive committee, because it do. It take a lot of time. Yeah. It take a lot of time, man. But I, I think there's a way to find out if every so often you just jump on the call to get your ideas. Yes. And see, that's what I did when I was president, man, is that what helped was that I could get Braun on the line if yep. need be. Yep. I, could, I could get to Book. I could get to Steph. I could get to any of these guys or whatnot. And it, it was a lot of guys who at the at the time would be like, damn, YC ain't hit me. And you say you don't fool with me. So mm-hmm. hit one of the other guys on the EC, you yeah, know, but I yeah. would try to make sure that I got feedback from other guys around the league about how they would feel. Yeah, no, I, I, and I know from being in those meetings and seeing you talk to different people, I know you was taking that feedback. And I thought that was great. Um, and like you said, and, and just pushing this to where it is. Uh, with Andre taking over, 
Um, I know Andre has his plans uh, with his fun and all of those things um, that he's been working on, putting together. The whole time he's been playing here, and now he's on the other side of the fence as a player. But Andre just recently yeah. uh, took over the Players Association as the executive director interim. Do you see a world where he may continue and, and say, ah, this because he was on the committee with yeah. you and all of those you things? You know, it's funny, man. I don't know. I don't think Dre wants to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that was uh that was kind of news to me or whatnot. But Dre, man, I, I talk about him all the time because think about all them years. We talk about how we was competing. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was on the Warriors too. <laughs> yeah, and when I was in Houston, when I was in LA. And so I couldn't stand Dre as far as hooping, but Dre was my vice president, along mm-hmm. with uh, James Jones at one point. And yeah. it's still it's still crazy to think about how well me and Dre worked together through all of that stuff, given the dynamics between our teams. But um, I don't know. I hit Dre after uh, after he took over and told him, like, man, I'm, I'm here if I can help with anything. Um, if there's anybody who can dive in there and sort of know the ins and outs of, of what the union needs, and I know he's gonna have a union, you know what I mean, at best, you know, always. It's just crazy to to see that, yeah. you know, cause yeah. we always talk about, we we can't even see retirement right now. And so it's just crazy to think about all we did as far as the union and to know that he actually like be in the office and yeah. all that having to see what's going on now. So I'm wishing him the best with that. And um, yeah, I don't know. Well, you say you don't think Dre want to do it that long. Well, then I say let's get a satellite campus in L.A. Guys be struggling to get a gym in L.A., so we get a satellite NBA player's office in L.A. You know, hey, Dre, and, and, hey, Dre and, listen. In three, four years when you like, you know what, I'm done. I'm, I'm <laughs> tying the strings up. I'm throwing them on a wire. Could we see Chris Paul as the executive director? You absolutely cannot. Ah. <laughs> you absolutely cannot. But I will always be a phone call away just because, man, I learned so much there. And I'm going to tell you what's so crazy is we talked about an office and a gym in L.A. at mm-hmm. one point, man. But, Dre, we're going to have to talk about these expenses. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> we got to talk about these expenses. <laughs> they're going to they gonna have to raise the dues. Yeah. They're going to have to raise the dues because all this stuff is is good and well. But these are ideas that I think are valid. But, like I said, the players, we're going to have to talk because – we never raise the dues or whatnot, but if guys really want to see this, stuff can happen. Yeah. But it's pay. gonna cost. It's gonna I cost. think dues needs to be raised anyway. The reality is dues may have been raised five thousand dollars since I've been in the league 12 years. Inflation alone. Come on, man. We can look at inflation and we can talk about that. Now now granted. Dre will be at the next meeting. I'll say this, and here's one of the reasons I actually thought I would have been good for the committee when I was trying to do it was that I've I've worked myself into a position where I became, you know, a high-paid guy in this league and an all-star and all those things, but I started as nothing. I started as second round on the end of the bench, you know, like, getting in for a defense to stop the end of the game. That's yep. it, you know? Yep. And so I was making 850 grand. Now, don't get me wrong, people. I'm not out of touch with life. 850 grand is a lot. But when you're making 850 grand living out here in the Bay, you slice that in half, that's 400 grand. You got an agent fee, 3%. You know, you got my rent was four times, four or five times the amount as rookies in other markets. So I'm paying that and, and I'm making that money. I ain't making much money. And so I what my thing was, 
I know how it feels to be at the bottom, and I know how it feels to be at So I know how those guys feel, yep. and that's why I thought I would have been good for the committee. And saying that, so when I say we should raise these dudes, know that I'm not some out-of-touch guy that's no, looking no. at these rookies who, who and like, yo, they should pay more too. Like, no, you number one, you get what you pay for in life. Exactly. So, and, and, and if you know the ins and outs of the union and all the things that the union provides and the things during the summer, the trips, mm -hmm. all of this different type of stuff, you know, like I think we have a very, very, very good union. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So those conversations do come up at times. You Chris's know I mean? need to be paid. Chris's chins <laughs> need to be paid more. The Ron Clemens <laughs> need to be paid more. And hey. I, I, see, I tell you what, and I, I'm saying this on this podcast, the dudes definitely need to be raised. You've had inflation take place. We're still doing all the same things. And guess what? Another thing is, we all know more now. See, yeah. we, like, we know more about life now. And these are the things that we want the union to provide, but yet we still paying those, those, Boy, those Dre, same listen, dues. listen, man, if we wasn't beefing when I was president, <laughs> I would have walked you right into one of them damn meetings with me. Because, uh, you know, man, and, and it takes, it takes, you know, your vets and all that. And I think we as players do a good job now. But when I came into the league, I didn't know what the union was. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's funny, you know, when they come talk to us uh, and it's usually people that represent the NBA and people that represent the union, mm -hmm. right? Like, when I first came into the league, you you damn near shunned away from the union people and just went to the NBA people. That's a fact. You know what I mean? Fact. And they, like, you had to learn and be taught that the union is the ones that work for you. Mm -hmm. You know, and not saying the NBA is against you, but when you get a tech or you get suspended or something like that, you do yeah. a call with the NBA, the union is on the phone for you. Absolutely. You know, and so I think the earlier guys, guys are starting to realize that earlier now mm -hmm. is that the union is in place to help and make sure that they, you know, are able to go back to school. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? The union to pay your tuition or whatnot to go back to school or whatnot, man. And I'm, I know people will say I'm biased, but I'm so grateful to uh, the the people at the union, the Latoyas, the mm -hmm. uh, the Chris's, the Rons, the everybody. I I don't want to leave nobody out. All of y'all, man. I'm so grateful for how you taught me. Like I tell people all the time, I had a business class on steroids, mm. right? That's I had a business class on steroids because, I mean, I know what a 20 year lease. Uh, for where the union office is, yeah. you know, in that yeah. part of New York. I know how expensive that is. I know what the salaries are like. I know what the employees are like at the union office when they want to raise, mm -hmm. you know. And so uh, they taught me a lot and they're still teaching me and I'm grateful for it. That's that's incredible. Uh, I had a couple more questions. I, I, I As you know, we'll sit and talk all Man, day. Man, we good. We and, in our building. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to ask you something. And, and I can raise my hand. I've never been one, as I've told you, I've never been one to say I was wrong or hide anything that I intended to do. So I come into the league, Warriors were the laughing stock of the NBA, and I walk in the locker room and I meet Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and I'm working out with these dudes, and I'm like, yo, these dudes are special, man. And I've never seen nobody shoot the ball like this. You came in the year after Steph, Clay's yeah. rookie year. Yeah. Okay. Right after the lockout. So 12. Year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I'm like, these two dudes are special. Let me figure out what I can do to help these two. 
Like, and that was my goal from the beginning. As you come in, you start to see the lay of the land. You start to realize there's prior relationships. There's this, there's that. This guy know him, this guy know that. And so I learned through the grapevine that CP and Steph are close. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool. Nice. Yep, they saying these dudes is the next you hung dudes out the West. I got to figure out how to change this relationship if I can, because what I learned is, you know, y'all both growing up in North Carolina, families knew each other, y'all knew each other, um, had, had a really good relationship. Me being the young, call me dumb if you want, I, I would say I was young and dumb. You come into the league, you don't know what you think you know. And so you come in young, dumb, and I'm like, oh, CP is going to definitely use knowing him and being the big homie against him. Let me see how I can get in between this and cause some arguments and break this shit up. Um, in a weird way, kind of not really. But I said all of that to say, what's it been like for you to watch Steph? Like, you get drafted, you take him under your wing, y'all working out together, all of those things. He come into the league. Uh, ankle injuries, the whole nine. Again, me knowing you now, I'm sure you was texting him, hey, man, like, stick through it, like, because I just know who you are. He young, he coming into the league. I know you were offering that. Stick through it. Gets healthy, starts to come up, come up, obviously become who he's become. Y'all have battles and all that. Talk to me about the relationship, like, the steps in, at, along the way Dang. with you and Steph. It's crazy, man, because... um. I didn't know Steph for a long time, right? Coming through North Carolina and Seth. Mm-hmm. Like, don't even leave yep. that out, Seth. Yep. And then uh, Dale, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So my agent when I first came into the league was Jeff Austin. Okay. I didn't uh, know that. You didn't know that? Nope. I didn't so know Jeff, that. So Jeff Austin was my agent when I came into the league. Jeff Austin and Lance Young. I was mm-hmm. with Octagon. Um, then Rudy. Rudy Gay yep. was too. And then obviously Steph. So... Um, I ended up leaving after uh, my fifth, sixth year in the league when I went to CAA, but uh, I kept my financial advisor, a guy named Frank Zecker. Shout out to Frank. Frank is me and Steph's financial guy or whatnot, but when Steph got drafted, um, I used to have my camp. I used to have my elite camp or whatnot, and so the very first year I had my elite camp, Steph came to camp. He was nice. Eric Bledsoe, nice, nice as hell. And so my family went to Disney World in Orlando. My wife, like little Chris, my parents, everybody. And Steph went with us. (laughs) Steph went to Disney World with us and we worked out and all that. So our relationship was always cool. And I mean, just like, I mean, you know, I got 13 of my kids that play in the the league. And Mm -hmm. I said Steph is a kid, but you from North Carolina, you just tried to look out, help whoever whoever mm-hmm. it was. And so it was crazy to see. I mean, I, f- I forget about the ankle injuries because I just remember how damn good he been. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's crazy the battles start happening, our teams or whatnot. Um, but it was just, it was the Warriors. It wasn't ever like about me mm-hmm. versus Steph or nothing like that. Because Willie, right? Yep. Remember when Willie became one of y'all coaches? Absolutely. Willie is my family. Mm-hmm. When Willie became one of y'all coaches, me and Willie stopped talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for real, for real. So, um, I mean... Willie it, Green. Yeah, for Willie Green. Willie Green. Don't know. But Steph just kept getting better and better. And I mean, like, 
it wasn't like it was a surprise to me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he always worked like that and he could shoot it. And then the way that you guys team, like y'all played with an edge, we did the same. Yeah. And obviously, like you said, you wanted to build this riff or whatever. It is what it is. The game was the game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people blew things up. I mean, with Steph, when, was the, when did he hurt his hand? He hurt his hand in 2021, 2020-21 uh, season. Yeah, yeah, that's when I was in... Uh, and, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm lying. No, that's he right. He hurt his 1920. 1920. Trust was... me, I suffered through that year. We were miserable. <laughs> I, I was suck. I was miserable. That's when I was Ooh. in. Uh, that's when I was in Oklahoma. Yes. Because I remember I was at my condo, and as soon as I saw he hurt his hand, I sent him a message mm-hmm. to put him with my hand sir. I'd have four hand surgeries. Mm, really? Yeah. So I hit Steph yeah. to try to make sure he got with Dr. Shin and tried to get with Mo, the same person. I'd have four hand surgeries. I met Mo. I feel yeah. like he used Mo, right? Yeah, yeah. He ended up using Mo. Yep, yep. I met, he ended yeah, up using okay. Mo. So Mo did all four of my hand surgeries and my rehabs. Okay. You know what I mean? And okay. that's just, trust me, we done battled, battled like hell. Like, I mean, you know, like my wife was at his wedding, they was at my wedding or whatnot. But to see um, him become the player that he is, is, is dope, man. Obviously, I've been on the wrong side of some of them them losses, yeah. and I'm mad as hell. I was mad. <laughs> I mean, big mad, you know what I mean? But now getting a chance to to be teammates and play alongside each other uh, has really been fun. Uh, it, it's, been, it's been incredible. Um, as we wind down, and again, you, you've made it very clear, like you stay out the way of things, you stay out the way of people, you don't put things in the media. I didn't realize as an investor as a businessman, that you had all the things going that you have going. Um, you do it very under the radar, um, quietly, but you got a lot of stuff going on. Incredible things. Try to. What does retirement uh, for Chris Paul look like um, whenever, and I think you can continue to play number one, just as smart as you are, like, to go from as fast and athletic as you were to not even rely on speed and still be as dominant as you've been for the last eight years. Like, I'd say the last seven years of your career, you have not relied on no. speed. And to, to, to do that and still be the player you've been, I think is amazing. Um, but what, what does retirement for Chris Paul look like? Man. Um, whatever that is. I, I definitely want to uh, own a team. Being being an ownership group, and it's it's because of it's a few reasons, but one of them is like my love for the game, mm-hmm. right? And Dre, you like me, we try to get back to LA and see our family as much as Absolutely. possible. I didn't miss so much of my kids' lives that everybody be like, "Oh, he's gonna be a coach. He's gonna be on a coach." But I, I coach AAU. <laughs> I do that now. I coach AAU. But I actually want to be present for some of the stuff that my my kids have going on. So I definitely want to be on ownership. And the reason why I want to be on ownership is because I feel like um, you have an opportunity to impact in a lot of different ways, right? And for playing for so long and on so many teams, I've had a front class seat in the CBA negotiations Mm -hmm. to see what this team does right, what this team does right been in the locker room for this long. So you see 
how a lot of the most successful teams are sort of like, there's a bond, yes. you know what I mean? That's necessary. Yes. Uh, so I definitely want to be on ownership. And then I want to continue to dive into different investments. You know what I mean? And I know that just sounds vague, but I mean, I got a production company. Uh, I have a, a cricket team uh, over in India. Um, I have a major league, I mean, a, um, a baseball team, triple A team in my hometown, the Winston-Salem Dash. Uh, it's a lot of different things that I've been trying to get invested in, but I just can't sit still. That's yeah. one thing I ain't going to do. <laughs> That's one thing I'm not going to do. I, I want to be involved and I want to be around the game. I want to continue to try to impact grassroots mm -hmm. because the NBA level, as far as coaching, you can't tell us nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, we That's feel like fact. we know everything. But for me now, and like we talked about, like Grant Williams played in my AAU program, Josh Akogi, Kobe White, Harry Giles, uh, Colin Sexton. I could keep going on and on. Wendell Moore, Wendell Carter, all these guys. Man, that's probably the dopest thing for me at this point in my career is to see them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's to see them and to know that in somehow, some way, I may have impacted their journey to be able to change their life. Because, you know, once you get up here, you change everybody's life around you. Absolutely. You know That's what I mean? Fact. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to do that when I'm done. You've talked about the last seven or something odd years. Uh, like, once you start bouncing around a bit, switch teams, <laughs> you left your family home and just would go to the city and do your job and go back home. Uh, talk about how tough that is, uh, that's been, and, and making that adjustment, missing things, um, you know, like for forever, you you and Lil' Chris was inseparable. Like, yeah. I mean, he was everywhere with you. And then, you know, the team things start happening and, and you make a, the best decision for the kids. You know, so sometimes, a lot of times as adults and parents, you don't, people don't make the best decision for the kids. Right. And, and you make the best decision, selfless decision. Kids gaining friends, they're going to school, you know, don't want to keep switching their friends group and to leave them home and, and go off to work. Talk to me about the challenges that that uh, created. Man, when I left uh, LA to go to Houston, I'll never forget telling little Chris, he was looking at the TV, he saw it on SportsCenter and he was crying. And I told him, he said, dad, do I have to go? And I said, Chris, dad can't be himself on the court if you're not there with him, right? And so the thing happened in Houston. I got traded to OKC. You know, me and my wife, it's crazy, man, because Chauncey, Billup, that's, mm -hmm. that's my big brother there. And Chauncey, Chauncey, when we played with the Clippers, Chauncey told me that uh, Piper and his kids weren't going to be in L.A. And i never forget, me and my wife, we was like, oh, you tripping, Chauncey. Well, that ain't never going to be me, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Me and my wife thought it was going to be one year. Then we was like, okay, just do it two years. Now this is, this is year five. But it's crazy because probably this season is the most I've been able to see them. Yes. You know, and Steve does a great job of letting us know, you know, when we're going to be off and stuff, man. But it's, it's hard. It's hard, as you know, because... The game is played for three hours. Yes. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yep. The game is three hours. And as soon as that game is over, we are regular human beings. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. We just want to know our kids are good, our family is good, and all that. And so um, 
I think that's probably going to be a bigger part of my story when I'm done playing than I realized. Yes. You know, is what I've been able to do being away from them, you know, because that's a, that's a huge part of my life and is, we always say, fill your cup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. whenever I get a chance to see them, uh, it definitely fills my cup, man. But it's it's crazy. You guys and the team have really helped with that. But I, I go back to that first year when I did it. Yes. Shay. You always hear me yep. talk about Shay. Yep. You always hear me talk about Shay, uh, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort. Lou Dort mm-hmm. Them boys, them for life. I don't care what they got going on, anything, man. They know they can always call me because... That was my first year being without my family, and they uh, they became that for me. Okay, that's a, that's yeah. incredible, man. That's I, I I did that one year um, where it was right after the season started back from the bubble, so the 2020-2021 season. Oh, you did that. My family stayed back in LA because you remember you couldn't go to the arena. Oh, yeah. Everything was shut down in San Francisco, so you couldn't do nothing here. And the weather was better in L.A. So yeah. it's like at least they can get outside. You couldn't get outside here. You could, So they stayed in L.A. And, man, man, that's hard. Boy. That, it, that is tough. So I um, yeah, I commend you. Yeah. that's tough, man. It is. And they're getting older. You know what I mean? Like I always say, I, everybody got a story and I know people got it way harder than I do, but um, that ain't my normal. Yeah. Right. I say all the time to all those people who pursuing their careers, whatever it may be, like, big shout out to you because my dream was to make it to the NBA. Yeah. Right. And I would not have made it without my dad. Without my parents, but for sure without my dad, like, fostering that for me. And it's just crazy for my kids, especially my son being older, to have these hoop and basketball dreams, you know, but dad don't get to be there. It's kind of crazy, but, you know, we 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 going to work it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you've been doing it gracefully. JSX. Cool. <laughs> Come Talk. through. <laughs> Come through. JSX and that good Southwest, too. Talk to me about that, see? Because I see, I always tell people, they like, yo, you don't fly private. I'm like, nah, people ain't going to run me out the airport. Like, you, you're not, like, not going to run me out. Like, yes, I will fly private. Mm-hmm. But I fly a lot. Yeah. I'm, I can't afford to fly private yeah. as yeah. much as I fly. Yeah. You're not going to run me out the Got airport. Got that right. Talk to me about that, because I be seeing some of these young guys they fly private all the time. I'm like, how do they afford that? To each his own. Listen, I wish I would have knew now what I, I wish I would have knew then what I knew now. You know what I mean? And I, I've been flying private for a long time. Mm-hmm. Probably a little bit too much, tell you the truth. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you you start to realize, I mean, I, this morning, I took a 6.40 a.m. Southwest flight. Got me here <laughs> just in time. You know, but there are certain situations that call for a private flight. You yes, know, my absolutely. my daughter, uh, she had a game that I wanted to make it to after mm-hmm. practice or whatnot. But uh, I don't care who you are, right? Like, you know, I know billionaires, yeah. that budget. Yes. That budget. So I like how you say that. You ain't going to run me out there. Yeah. <laughs> You're not running me, out, running me out the airport. I'm sorry. Hell nah, nah. Well, just get me there. Absolutely. Get me there. I'll be just fine. Get me there. No, for sure. 
Um, man, I thank you. Uh, this this has been incredible. Uh, I know subscribers, listeners of the Draymond Green Show is going to appreciate this interview. I'm very thankful to have this conversation. Uh, before we get out of here, um, one of my favorite officials, which is, I guess, odd for most people because most people... Your favorite official? Who, who are you about to say? Like, Scott Foster, you want to talk about Knock him? Knock it off. You want to talk about him? What? A I love Scott, by the way. You know why I love Scott? Because Scott, to me, like, where I go wrong is, like, the referees that act like they cool with you and then the moment the game starts, you can't say hi. And I'm just like, bro, you just, like, was laughing with me and, like, saying hi. And I never knew I, that was your man, though. I never I, knew that I was like your man. I like Scott, because Scott, I know what I'm going to get. Like, I don't have to guess what I'm going to... I know what I'm getting Damn with right Scott. you knew what you was going to get every time you played saying, against us. That sounded uh, about right. I ain't got nothing to do with yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Scott... Let's go look at the record. <laughs> I mean, you know, Scott, Scott, like, I can say a few things to Scott, and he going to cut it off. It's not like I'm I'm judging where the line at. Like, nope, this is the line, Draymond, and if you cross it, I'm taking you. But we can talk on this side of the line. We can talk, and and, and he cool. I I like Scott. You want to talk about? So Scott? he let you he let you say a few things to him. No, man. hell no, he don't. <laughs> he don't. But I'm cool with that. Just as long as I know, I can't say nothing to you. You you run into some referees and they like uh. They, they, they start yelling at you, and then you say something back, and it's like, boom, and I'm like, bro, you just talk to me like that. Scott, Scott, Scott is different in that aspect. You, you know, want to talk about Scott? Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Not right now. I can't right now. I can't right now. But in due time, in, in due, due time, time. <laughs> in due time, we'll, we'll have that conversation. I can't right now. But it's funny you say that, because it is a few refs who you could say something to mm -hmm. and say something back. I feel like Sheed or somebody was talking about this recently or something about how you almost appreciate that. Yes. Like, you know, Carl, yep. Carl, you yell at Carl, yeah. Carl gonna yell back at Absolutely. you. Absolutely. But you, you love to leave it at that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I would respect that more than the refs who grab their whistle. you like, oh, I'm gonna call I'm gonna call <laughs> You know what I mean? I'd much rather them, I done had a few officials here and there that yell back at you and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, it's an intense game. Yes. That's what I would say. And you got a bunch of different personalities on the court or whatnot. And I think that's what gets lost at times is that it's a game and it's, it's intense. Um, you gotta, you gotta realize it's an emotional game. Yes, it you is. You know, guys now, okay. If it's too much, it's too much. Mm -hmm. Tell us, but at the same time, you know, I think probably one of my only issues is that text, like, the money. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, how you just get to determine what my paycheck going to be this <laughs> yeah. week? Like, I always have a problem with that because it's like, yo, at the end of the day, that's a human being. Like, that human being has feelings. You can't tell me that, oh, none of these officials don't like you personally because that's a human being. I, I'm a human being. Yeah. I have feelings towards certain people, towards certain people that I work with, towards people that, like, you have feelings. And so that'd be the thing with me to act almost as if, like, they're not human. Yeah, I've been on, I've been on a competition committee now, right, mm -hmm. for 15 years. Wow. You know what I mean? So wow. people who don't know what that is, that's, that's a two-hour two hour, two and a half hour meeting every so often going over the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been doing that for a long time now. And I stayed on that uh, because I get a chance to learn. Yes. You get a chance to learn like 
all these different, it's some great basketball minds that be on them calls, man. And I know some people probably like, damn, how you got time for that? You do the union stuff, you do this stuff, <sighs> but you get to learn. And, you know, the competition committee is how the in-season tournament came about. It's how the um, play-in tournament came about. It's how the shot clock resets back to 14 now. It's all the different rules of the game. And you see, that's why it's constantly changing. Like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it, but I, it was one meeting years ago where they talked about getting rid of the corner three. Really? Yeah. Like they was talking, like every, all types of things are thrown out all the time on these committees because there's a vested interest in the business of the game and just trying to grow the game. So, uh, yeah, man, that's why, that's why I like when people see me like explaining something like that, it's like, man, I sit on this, two hour call and y'all explain the rules of this, a take foul and all this stuff. So when I get to the game, I expect to see it a certain way, but you would like that, man. Like seriously, you would, you would, you would like that. It's a long call or whatnot, but you, you get a chance to get some stuff off your chest. I think that'd be great. I think I'd be great for the competition. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. sure if I'm welcome anymore, but <laughs> I, I think, I think I'd be great for the competition. Tony Brothers is enough. I, I love Tony Brothers. Tony, I fucking joke on Tony and his goddamn unibrow. <laughs> My son got a unibrow, by the way. I talk about Tony unibrow, them thick. I, I mean, Tony got a unibrow, got them thick ass eyebrows, and I call Tony ugly. He go right back at me. Tony was talking. Tony. Tony embarrassed me in front of my teammates. I went and I talked shit to Tony. He walked past my teammates and he said, uh, I had to, I had, that's when I had the Subway commercial. He like, my oh. sub is better than yours. See, Y'all want to talk about this? And, and like, it was incredible. But that should be okay. It's incredible. That should be okay. I had a situation with a bitch when I played in Phoenix and he called a carry on me. Mm -hmm. And uh, see, this is what's crazy about real life is because somebody gonna hear this and then they just gonna <laughs> get you again. He called a carry on me and ran down there in front of my my teammates and said, "Yeah, that's a carry or something." He said, "If I could, if I could dribble like that, I'd be in the league, right?" Mm. That's what the refs told my teammates. <laughs> and so then I got back down there and I was like, "We can tell who ain't never played point guard before, right?" <laughs> and he gave me a tech. Mm. See, that's was that's the crazy part about uh -huh. it. You can. Pop your shit, I should be able to pop mine. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. but you do have some of those those really good officials like Tony and stuff like that. That yeah. it sh you should be able to go back and forth a little bit or something. But I think it's tough now because everybody got mics on. Yeah, everybody got mics on. Everybody zooming in on you talking to the yeah. officials. Trust me, I, I know. I know it too well. It works uh, for you sometimes though. Yeah, it do. It, it got as far as I say, hey, some of the I did not fouled out of some games for that tech I took earlier in the game. Now, like, come on now. No, but uh, I'm done with this shit. I'm done getting <laughs> I ain't, I, I, I'm going to you see. Having the mics on and all that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. For sure. That, that works for you sometimes. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Hey, man. That's a wrap from this episode of the Draymond Green Show. See, thank you, bro. Always, I appreciate brother. you, my appreciate dog. Appreciate it. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Maybe we'll do this again one day because there's still a lot of stuff we ain't touched, but we could do this for hours. We'll definitely but, do it again as long as it ain't, yeah. See, it's easy to do it like this. It ain't after a game where you beat us or some shit like that. That's the worst. That's the worst. We're we, we going to win together. Oh, and by the way, for all you talking heads out there talking and y'all saying like, oh, man, like that team is toast and this, that, and the other, we still going to win a championship. I told you that before. We're going to win it again. Peace. Thank you.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.